Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Zach Fontaine. As an associate pastor at Springs Church in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Zach leads youth ministry with a passion for the next generation. He'll teach you from God's word in a way that's easy for you to hear the truth and apply it to your life. And now, Zach Fontaine will share how taking control of your thoughts will change your life. Let's dive into the message. Every once in a while, I have these thoughts in my brain. I would actually say probably often we have these thoughts that enter our brain where we think to ourselves, what was I thinking? Have you ever thought that to yourself? Have you ever thought, what were you thinking? Usually that thought comes into your mind after maybe you've done something that maybe you thought you shouldn't have. Or maybe you ask your kids, what were you thinking? Because they did something that you didn't expect them to do, but it's a question that we ask ourselves often, usually when we're in the middle of doing something that we didn't really think we were going to do, or maybe it's some kind of negative um, thing that we were doing, you know, but it's a question we don't often ask ourselves when we're in the midst of negative thinking. We don't ask ourselves, what was I thinking? Because usually it comes after an action, but oftentimes we have so many thoughts that go in and out of our brain daily that are negative that we don't stop in its tracks and ask, what am I thinking right now? You know, on average, wherever you look this up, you can find, I'd say up to 20,000 to 80,000 on different stats that you can see of how many thoughts that we think every single day. So if we take an average of 30,000 thoughts a day, that's how many thoughts come in and out of each, each, the average person's mind. That means that we would have, a diff- by the time right now, you're sitting here right now, you'd have already thought 24,000 separate thoughts, which means you have about another 6,000 thoughts before you probably go to bed tonight. If you do the math of what that looks like, if we have 30,000 thoughts a day, that's on average 10.9 million thoughts a year. Let's go the average age of 75. Did you know you, you would have, have thought 829 million different thoughts in your lifetime? That is a lot of thoughts. Another stat comes out and shows that the average person, person's thoughts of that is 85% negative. 85% negative. So a large majority of the average person's thoughts every single day are actually negative. Okay, what if I were to say that I'm, I gave you $30,000, okay? You have $30,000, you wake up in the morning, let's say you wake up at 7 a.m., you have $30,000 cash in your hand. And I said, you know what? You can spend this money, but you have to spend it by the end of the day before you go to bed. Most of you getting that money would probably sit down for the next hour, even, if, even maybe even a little more, trying to think about, okay, where do I need this money? Where can I spend this money? Where, what do I want? What do I need? And you'd actually have a really good plan of where you're going to put every last dollar of that money. The sad part is that we put so much effort into planning out and budgeting out our money, but we don't put much effort, the average person, into budgeting out where our thoughts go, what we think about, what we allow into our minds, what we stop ourselves 
from thinking and thought that your thought life is so powerful, especially in the world that we live in right now in the, in the, in the, the crazy times that we're in, in in the world right now that's going on in the US and the Canada. There's so many different things that can make you think negatively. And it's important as Christians that we stop the negative thinking and we truly think about what we're thinking about. You know, I've said this tons that like, what you think about is huge. So if you were to legit have that money in your hand, I'm gonna say that again, think about it. What would you do with that money? You'd have a whole plan about it. So you have to figure out in that same way, how would you budget your thoughts every single day? If the average person has 30,000 of them, that is a lot of thinking that you can do. You know, but are thoughts really so unimportant? Like I said, the average person probably doesn't give much thought to what they think about. And I wanna read a couple of quotes here that I've seen. So Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson says, beware of what you set your mind on because that you surely will become. Norman Vincent Peale said, change your thoughts and you will change the world. Henry Ford says, gave the truth in a different spin actually when he declared, thinking is the hardest work in the world, which is probably why few people engage in it. Did you know you can't actually think two thoughts at the exact same time? When you're thinking one thing, you're choosing to think about that. The second you stop thinking about that, you can choose to think about something else. Some of you may feel like you have three or four to five different thoughts that are running through your head, but the point I'm trying to make is that you only think about truly one of them at a time, even if you are switching every five seconds, however that is. We have to make a conscious decision to think about what we think about. But oftentimes our brain runs on just autopilot and it thinks about whatever it wants to think about and we truly never stop it from thinking negatively. You know, if you change your thoughts, if you change your mind in, in what you allow yourself to think about, you truly will change your world and what you experience, what you feel in the world that we live in. Like I said, God gives us 30,000 thoughts and I'm sure some of you might even double that with 60,000 thoughts. What do we choose to do with them? We can, even make, uh, we can either make an amazing life with that many thoughts or we can truly just grind ourselves right to the ground with the thoughts that we have every single day. You know, one of the most memorable years of my life, I was 17 years old. It happened around Christmas time. My whole family went to a movie, I think on Boxing Day. It was just a fun little tradition we used to have. So we went, went to a theater and uh, we watched the movie. It was, I think we were sitting front row because it was packed out. So we watched the whole movie. Uh, and we go out, out out of the theater after we stop all around the bathrooms and all of us guys, of course, hang out on, on the wall of the of the kind of theater hall area. And we let everyone else go into the bathroom that needed to use it. So I was sitting there and I'm, I'm just kind of leaning against the wall and I'm wondering, hmm, I feel a little bit weird right now. And so I kind of like all of a sudden out of nowhere, that flush down my body came and I felt like I need to go to the bathroom right now. I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I leaned off the wall. And then I blacked out, completely woke up on the ground with a couple of people. I think it was my brother-in-law's. I think actually one of my brother-in-law's, David, he, he told me this. I had no idea he was doing this. He was actually smacking me across the face, trying to wake me up because I was, I was just unconscious, passed out. And ever since that happened, that flush that happened in my body, that whole year, that whole next year, was a year filled with negative thinking, a, a year filled with fear, a, a, a year filled with the way of living that I, that I wish I didn't have to go through. And the whole thing came because I let my thought life go to a place that I shouldn't have. 
I let it go to being scared. I let it go to being in fear. Every single place I went to after that day that I passed out, where if I was by myself or if I was in a predicament where I was like, you know what, this is a really bad place for me to pass out, I'd actually have this worry rise up and then thoughts came into my head saying, what if I pass out here? What if I pass out there? Oh, I'm flying across Canada right now by myself. What if I pass out while I'm in the plane? What if, and this thought just kept going, which actually made me feel like I was gonna pass out over and over and over again. These thoughts turned into worry. This worry turned into, turned into stomach pain and stomach aches, which then often made me not eat in the morning, not eat for lunch because I was scared that I was gonna feel sick. The point is this came from legit one thing that happened in my life. And, and to be honest, I think it was the reason I passed out. It came down to, you know what, it's Christmas time. I was partying, having fun with my family night in and night out, and I didn't get enough sleep. I probably didn't drink enough water. I probably didn't eat enough food. I was just having a good time and I didn't realize that I was not feeding my, my body properly. It was such a minimal thing, but my mind and my thoughts made it huge. And this is what I'm trying to say to everyone is that we need to make sure that when we, when we think things, we need to choose where our thoughts go. We need to choose what we allow ourselves to think about because if we don't, your thoughts will take you on a wild ride and they will take you down a road you do not wanna go until finally you are so full of fear and worry that you don't even know what to do with yourself. You know, I think we, we, we often say this, that the problem is that many of us struggle when it comes to our minds, it's memories, it's lies that we've believed, it's scars that we carry, it's we rehash these things that have happened in our past over and over and over again until it makes us sick. And I'm the, the prime example when I was a teenager of doing that. But the first step for us to get over negative thinking is to recognize when a lie comes in our mind and then replace it the second it comes into your mind. You have to replace it. You know, there's many bankers out there, at least back in the day, the bankers, they're trained in knowing what counterfeit money looks like. And the way that they know what counterfeit money looks like is they study the real thing. They study a real $20 bill, a real $100 bill. And when they study something true, something factual, something completely what it should look like, then they know exactly when a counterfeit one comes in because they realize that there's certain impurities here or there's certain things that, that doesn't look normal on this side of the bill. They study the real thing. They study the truth. And it's important for us to get to know Jesus. It's important for us to get into the word. It's important for us to realize that that is what's going to take us from here to there, from in worry to out of worry, to, to, to into peace, to into strength, to into hope. That starts with focusing what is true. You got to focus on what is true, which means we got to stop studying the negative in our life. We got to stop studying what's fake in our life and instead focus all of our attention on what is true, what is factual on the word of God and what it says. You know, we need to catch ourselves when our, when our minds wander a little bit. Often our minds can wander in everyday life into lies and we need to catch it right there because sometimes we allow the happenings of our life, the feelings that we feel on a daily basis to dictate how we think and what we think. And we have to be super careful not to. For my, the last little bit of my message here on how we can change our thoughts from a biblical standpoint in Philippians 4 verse 8, many of us know this verse but we still choose to kind of forget it in, in the past or we memorize it, but we don't truly study it. 
It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This gives us eight questions to ask our, uh, ourselves about our thoughts. Eight questions. So before you think and before you speak, ask yourself these eight questions. Begin the verse. It says, is it true? It says, whatever is true. Truth is the first test. Before you open your mouth, are you speaking the truth? It's an easy question. The question rules out all that is dishonest, all that is untrue, all that is unreliable. And we live in a world where everyone takes the side of the loudest or the first group or the first person to tell them something, regardless whether if it's true or not. Speak truth and focus on truth. Try to just completely walk away from the lies because the lies are something that's going to take you down a road you do not want to go down. Number two, is it noble? Whatever is noble, the word means honorable, worthy of reverence. It refers to that which is majestic and awe-inspiring. One person translated to noble seriousness. The word is used in another place to, to describe the proper qualities of an elder, actually. Is your thought life honorable? Have you ever thought about that? Do you ponder things that are noble and of serious purpose? Or do you dwell on the frivolous and trivial? Another word in the dictionary for noble is uncorrupted. Are you making sure that what you focus and what you set your thoughts on is uncorrupted? Think for yourself, but use the basis of the Bible, the truth and the word of God to really guide you when you're trying to figure out what is true, what is right, what is something that I should focus on right now. Number three, is it right? The, in, the, in, the, in the verse it says, whatever is right. This means in conformity to God's standards. Okay? It's not, is it right in my own eyes? Is it right in the eyes of others? Is it right in God's eyes? If, you were, if, you thought, if, if, you, if your thoughts were broadcasted to the entire world, <laughs> what would others think of you? Would you be ashamed? Would you be embarrassed? If they knew what you were thinking, what would they think of you? We got to take our eyes off of what others think is right. We got to take our eyes of what our friends or family think is right. And we got to set our eyes on what God says is right. Number four, is it pure? Whatever is pure, this verse says, the word means undefiled, chaste, clean, holy. It touches the whole area of moral purity as well. Is your thought life clean? That's a big question because the world that we live in not even in our own doing, guide us towards impure thinking. Guide us towards thinking about things that we don't want to think about. And that's just the world that we live in right now. Is it lovely? Number five. I love this one. Whatever is lovely. We should focus on these things. This word is used only in the New Testament. It, it literally means love towards. It has the idea of attracting loveliness as a magnet attracts iron fillings. One person translated as those things that grace attracts. Do your thoughts automatically attach themselves to that which is beautiful and lovely? Think about that. A thought may be true and may even be right, but still not lovely. 
We find that in the world that we live in every single day of our lives. We see the news. We see the constant negative news. We see, we see all these things that are going on around us and we fixate on things that could be true. Yes, it's factual. Yes, it's right. But is it lovely? Because if it's not lovely, you're going to take your mind down a side that you don't want to go down. That's going to lead to negativity. That's going to lead to fear. That's going to lead to worry. We have to be focusing on what is lovely as well. Here's a simple rule. If it's not lovely, if it doesn't make you feel lovely, don't say it, don't think it, don't do it, don't dwell on it, and definitely don't repeat it. Because that is just going to come down on you so hard and make you feel like honestly crushed. It's going to make you feel like you're full of worry, full of fear. Number six, is it admirable? Whatever is admirable. That is, is it worthy of study and contemplation? Ask yourself that. Focus on the things that are positive and not negative. Constructive and not destructive. Things that build us up, not things that tear us down. This means editing your words so that you simply delete the non-admirable things from your vocabulary. This verse is, is stating it so simply in terms that we can all understand. Number seven, is it morally excellent? That's self-explanatory. Number eight, is it something that God would approve? Oftentimes, the things that we focus on would never line up with even five of those things on that list. We have to ask ourselves constantly in in the day that we live, in the 30,000, 40,000 thoughts that comes into your mind every single day, you have to make sure that you're asking yourself the questions from Philippians 4 verse 8 so that you know that you're thinking positive things. If it says that the average person thinks 85% negative thoughts every single day, what if we could tone that down to even 50%? What if we could tone that down to 40% where you still going to think negatively because we live in a world that it's going to be hard for us to not think negatively, negatively ever. Thoughts are going to come in your mind all the time, but you have to learn to stop them. Recognize that it is a lie from the pit of hell and that you got to get rid of them. And that's just how it works. Paul says, think on these things. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's the present tense. Find the true and think about it. Find the noble and think about it. Find the lovely and think about it. Find the virtuous and think about it. And do it. And once you do these things, your life truly will change because your life comes from your thought life. It really does. Verse 9 tells us that the God of peace will be with you if you do this. The God of peace will be with you if you do this. Those who think on these things experience God's peace in your life. Are you watching this thinking, you know what? I could use God's peace in my life. I, I personally, Zach, Zach right here, I could, I could use God's peace in my life on a daily basis. And I strive to get that. I do 100% feel God's peace. But sometimes we get down the road where we're like, oh my gosh, this happened in my life. This happened in today's day. This person said this. This happened over here. And it's caused me to think negatively. Well, we have to realize that sometimes the things in life might push you towards thinking a certain way. But that's when you instantly stop that thought and ask yourself, is this true? Is this right? Is this noble? Is it virtuous? Is it lovely? Is it worthy of praise? And if it's not, discard it. And how do you discard it? You replace it with another thought. And you choose to think on what is true, what is right, what is lovely. That comes straight from the word of God. You know, in King James, it says, Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
What are you thinking today? What are you thinking right now? Because what you think today, you become tomorrow. Your mind is the best predictor of your future. If you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think angry thoughts, angry words are sure to follow. If you fill your mind with sexual fantasies, your body will figure out a way to fulfill those desires. If you dwell on your problems, they will soon overwhelm you. If you feel like a victim, soon you will become one. If you give, the, if you give way to worry, don't be surprised when you feel like you're getting sick and when you do get sick because worry and fear is one of the biggest things that our body takes and kind of converts into, into, into sickness. And, and we have to make sure that we don't give way to worry and fear. If you think low thoughts, low living is soon to follow. If you expect defeat, guess what? You'll probably lose. If you dwell on rejection, you will set yourself up for even more rejection. This goes to everyone out there that's looking for a spouse, that's looking to date, that's looking for someone in your life. And if you've been rejected lately, if you dwell on that rejection, you're literally setting yourself up in the future to, hit, to, to get even more rejected from other people. Realize that rejection is not something you should focus on and focus on something that is lovely, that is true, that is noble. Like we said, that is right. If you focus on how others misunderstand you, you soon, you soon will become angry and bitter. What goes in must come out. It always will. So sooner or later, your thoughts translate into reality. You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. You get that? You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. The flip side is also true in this. If you focus on truth, you will speak the truth. If you look on noble things, nobility will mark your life. If you seek out lovely things, your life will be lovely to others. If you dwell on that is what is right, uh, that which is wrong will have no attraction to you. If you think on pure things, you'll become pure. If you look for virtue, you will find it. And if you search for higher things, your own life will be elevated. It's amazing. That's God's prescription for our life. It's think on these things. Everyone has troubles with their thinking, their thought life. And if you think on these things, if you focus on the good, the pure, the true, the holy, the right, the lovely, if you find those things that, that elevate the mind and think on them, you will have God's peace in your life every single day, every single day. You might say, find them. Where, where do I look? Look all around you. Even in a fallen world, beauty is everywhere. Truth is right by your side. Purity is yours for the asking. Things that are admirable are all around you. The one thing you do have to remember as I close is the devil is real. He is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And the second that you know that, without a shadow of a doubt, the second that you know that and remember that, anytime a stupid thought comes into your mind, you know who to attribute it to. You realize that this is a bad thought. This is leading me to worry more. This is leading me to panic, to, to have anxiety. The second anything makes you feel negative to what you're thinking, you know that that's just a devil thought, an ungodly thought. 
And so when you know that the devil is real, it makes you have way more power over him because you're like, you know what? Yeah, I know that's a bad thought. I'm not going to think it. And you choose to not do that. Once you know that lies can come into your mind from the devil, it frees you up to instantly replace the negative thought with a godly one. Ask yourself today, what am I thinking about? Or what was I thinking? Constantly change your thinking. Constantly replace the lies of the devil with godly thoughts. Because when you do that, the God of peace will be with you. And, he will, and you will feel it without a shadow of a doubt. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every single person watching right now. I thank you that the God of peace is with them. We know that you've given us your peace, God. And sometimes our thoughts and our actions can change how we feel in the world that we live in. I thank you that we, we have confidence to know what is true. I thank you that we know what is right, that we, we think on things that are lovely. We focus on the good because we know that true thoughts and amazingly good feelings will follow after that. Our focus is huge, God, and we thank you that you are helping us every step of the way to replace ungodly thoughts with godly thoughts. Keep everyone safe. Everyone here is healthy, healed, and whole, blessed, and protected. And I thank you that we have a great night and rest of the week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Zach Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.